All right, what is going on? And welcome into that being said podcast with the George Brothers, your Sunday night edition, usually after Sunday night football, but today, um, actually, just right after the Sunday, after the uh, late night games, because we only had basically one, because I don't know if you count the Jets and Dolphins. Um, here we well, are the live. Dolphins, the Dolphins came to play football. I don't think the Jets played football today, though. Again, they, they did not. They did not. And here we are. If you're listening on the podcast, we're also live on Periscope at, or if you, you can call it Twitter too, live on Twitter at pod that and on Facebook. Um, if you ever want to find us on Sunday night football games or on Sundays or on the weekdays, just look up at the sports on tap on, on Facebook or Twitter. And that's where we go live. Um, and I'm Sammy. And I'm George. And we're coming at you live and direct. I'm in Mexico City right now doing that digital nomading thing. I'm going to call it digital sports nomading from now on, Sammy. I think it has a nice little ring to it. And uh, Sammy's in Kirkland, Washington, home of uh, Costco and the Seattle, very near Seattle Seahawks. I'm in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and I hope that I stay on this podcast the whole time. I mean, overall, here in Mexico City, Sammy, they have really good Wi-Fi and really good internet and good electricity. But if you can see behind me my window, every little bit you'll see a big flash because there's a huge lightning storm outside. So if you lose me, that's why I don't think you're going to lose me. But anyway, let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, first game. What me and George usually do is a question each. Uh, we will do one big question, then we do each do two questions, and we'll get into our bets and whatnot. But as of right now, we're going to be doing our first question of the day, which is what is the biggest takeaway from the Bucks and Packers game? Well, Sammy, I, I'd like to go first here because, uh, you know. Because you got lightning in the background. Yeah, there it is. I haven't had the best year of betting so far. But before this game, it was my lock of the year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus one because they had so much to play for. I thought they should have beat the Chicago Bears uh, a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. They were well-rested. They were well-motivated. And I tweeted during the game. This game made Aaron Rodgers look like the 43-year-old quarterback and Aaron and Tom Brady look like the 36-year-old quarterback. Raymond James Stadium might just be the house of horrors. I don't know what happens. Aaron Rodgers has had one pick six in his whole career. He goes to Raymond James Stadium, throws a pick six, nearly had another one. I think if you go to the stadium, Sammy, you just have to throw a pick six. It's like a rite of passage. Like, what was going on there? Maybe Brady isn't washed up. Maybe Brady just needs time to play with his receivers. I, that's my biggest takeaway is Tom Brady is starting to get accustomed to this team. Yeah, one of my biggest takeaways, um, and I've been I've been told on Twitter all day, guys, to relax, right? And I, I, and I, I know, like, don't be a prisoner of the moment. My biggest takeaway is I still think Tom Brady, he might not be the better quarterback, but he's the quarterback that I'm taking still over Aaron Rodgers. And I know this could be seen as a hot take. Oh my God, Rodgers is talent. But the more and more every single year that we go through these times, right? We talk about Rodgers being the more talented quarterback and Rodgers just hasn't had the same luck and Rodgers hasn't had the same weapons. And in all reality, I honestly just think when it comes to big moments, Tom Brady has just showed up more in his career than Aaron Rodgers has. And for me, the biggest takeaway in this game is that the Bucs are probably a little step ahead of the Packers as one of the top three or four teams in the NFC. 
Now, does that mean the Packers aren't there? Absolutely not. I think the Packers are right there with the Bucks and the Seahawks and a couple other teams. The Bears, might have take the Bears might have something to say after this week. That's true. But I still think the – I mean, yeah, you look at the Bears. They beat the, the, the Buccaneers, and then the Buccaneers right. go out and, and, and tear up the Packers. One thing with Aaron Rodgers – I guess here's my last big takeaway of the game. Number one, it doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. That's one takeaway. Number two is I still trust Brady in these big moments more than Rodgers. And number three is the classic Aaron Rodgers situation. A receiver drops the ball and it ends up being an interception. And it seems like Rodgers got moody. It seems like Rodgers got over his receivers. He started off the game cocky, doing the key and peel uh, McCringleberry dance after a touchdown. He, he was happy. He was smiling. By the way, great celebration, but you know, the, it did get called back. It wasn't a touchdown. So it kind of wasted celebration. I didn't even know it got called back. I just, yeah, I was like so engulfed. I was so engulfed in the like celebration and posting it. I kind of didn't realize they ended up scoring a couple of plays later, didn't they? The next play, it got reversed again. Okay. He was down on the one they scored, but and probably top five celebration of all time NFL history. Yeah, it's great because he's you know going after what the key and peel skit had. But my takeaway is he started off cocky, happy Rodgers, and for the first time this year, we've seen kind of fuck ups not that aren't his fault. Like I know everyone, I know you're talking about he had two picks, whatever. One of them is not his fault. Receiver dropped the sure. ball, but ever since that happened. I felt like you had the off switch. It kind of, he has that thing that LeBron has sometimes when I like both of them a lot. And I think they're both the most talented players to ever play at, at their respected positions. But there's a reason I think a guy like Aaron Rodgers hasn't won as much as Tom Brady. And I think it's those little things. He doesn't have that, that Tom Brady neutral, the Russell Wilson neutral, you know, where they're just always a neutral when things go good or bad. Rogers kind of goes downhill when things and he goes, his attitude goes downhill. And do you kind of, did you kind of feel that today? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Devonte Adams looked like he did everything short of like, <laughs> I was going to say something really inappropriate to try to make Aaron Rodgers feel happy again. Right. I mean, he went up to him, he hugged him. He like was like, I'm sorry, man. And Aaron Rodgers just kind of looked at him like, leave me alone. You messed up, man. Like, I, I guess my problem with Aaron Rodgers and the difference between the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady and even LeBron James is you you compared him to is the leadership qualities, right? I think Aaron yeah. Rodgers is a great player. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks. But he's not necessarily the leader, right? He's not like the leader you want on your – his leadership style is not the style that you'd want on your team. He's kind of – when things are going good – they're going really good. When things are going bad, he kind of gets moody. And it's, uh, you know, Russell Wilson was on a lot of podcasts this week, right? And uh, he has his own podcast. And his uh, mind coach was on Colin Cowherd's uh, Saturday morning podcast. And one thing that they talk about with Russell Wilson is his neutrality, right? He's very That's neutral. why I just said this. Why do you think I keep saying being neutral? Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I wanted to kind of like get to the point, like, you know, and tie it all together and why even though a couple of weeks ago, I did say that I think the um, Packers were better as an overall talent than the Seahawks because of her defense and multiple different things. I think when you have a leadership leader like Russell Wilson, it gives you a slight advantage because in the playoff game, when the environment might be different, when things could go wrong. I, I want a guy like Russell Wilson with the keys to the car versus a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who I like, 
driving yeah. the car and moving my team. Yeah, well, uh, and I think this is this is where I think other people have separated themselves, right, from Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like, I think one big mistake that everyone makes, it's kind of like we the same thing we do with all-time basketball greats, right, with, like, LeBron James. If you say a criticism of LeBron James, that means you're a hater, yep. which, no, you just are saying he's not as good as the best player of all time. I think LeBron's the best player of all time, right? But you mm -hmm. have things that you say don't make him the best. It doesn't mean you don't like LeBron. You think he's the no. second best player. You know, when I say – you're like you're saying, but if you say this guy's the second best ever, everyone's like, you are a hater. It's like, I think he's better than everyone else. Yeah, my thing is I, I can, I'll continually say Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is the most talented quarterback ever. I, I so say when I, Peyton Manning is more talented personally, but I mean, fair, I think Peyton, see, this is where, this is like, it's, it's like uh, splitting hairs. Peyton yeah. Manning, I think, is more accurate like a better quarterback but if you look at like the athletic side of things you can say oh, yeah. Rodgers is more talented overall so this is mm -hmm. where I mean like when we say these things like that he's not as good as Tom Brady it's not an insult it's just that mm -hmm. I think the more and more that we go through these years Aaron Rodgers is 38 with one Super Bowl right and I think there's reasons to that far beyond that he didn't have enough weapons because that seems to be an excuse every year or he doesn't have a top five defense for a couple years you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, who has one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and they're the last undefeated team in the NFC. So I think sometimes you can overcome negative things in your organization. In but if you are if you sit negative with them, you're not going to overcome them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's very well said. Um, last thing before we move off this this topic, because we spent a little bit on it, uh, are they both Super Bowl or NFC like championship game contenders? Because I say yes. I'll say yes, but I'm going to save some for some of my tweets that talk about who's yeah. left with the Seahawks and everything. But, um, of course, when you have Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you are uh, forever um, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Tom Brady. You're forever a contender. Yeah. Hey, and Gronk's right. great now, which is always cool, too. So, Hey, Gronk has got a touchdown today. Yeah, I know. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I was pretty hyped for him, actually. Um, let's get to – Whose question should we go first? I would do a little of the the coin flip thing we usually do, but uh, you know, my my computer's kind of already a little hot from all the tabs I have. I'm I'm gonna go with your first question, George. All okay, right. George's first question of the day is who is the best team in the AFC? And my question, George, is gonna be kind of a follow up to this ish. So let's see what you say here, and then I'll add to my question. All right. The reason I put this even on there was because there's a lot of different things I want to talk about here in a different, lot of different directions. Because I think we saw a Titans team today that was absolutely splendid in coming back and winning in overtime. We also saw a Pittsburgh Steelers team that just dominated. And we have the Kansas City Chiefs who are uh, playing tomorrow. And you have the Baltimore Ravens who dominated the whole game, kind of let up. And, you know, the Eagles tried to make a last second comeback, which failed. So I guess my thing is I think the AFC and the Steelers. Might be, it could be the Steelers, right? The Steelers are one of the two undefeated teams left. And uh, so are the Titans. Three. Yeah, one of the, the Ravens aren't undefeated, my friend. No, no, I know, I know. It's about I'm just talking about who are the best teams. Just because you lost a game doesn't mean you can't be one of the best teams in the AFC. No, but, I'm just saying you left them out. So I was like, can't forget about them. I said I said I brought this up because I want to talk about the Titans and Steelers. Hmm. 
Let me make this really quick comment yeah. because I, I'm just adding my question to yours, my first question. Because my yeah. first question was, is the gap between the Browns that big with the Steelers and Ravens? Because the Browns cool. are four and two. And yeah, the Browns are four and two, but they've been blown off the field by the Ravens and Steelers. So there's a gap. This is kind of where I was going with this question because I kind of wanted to talk about the AFC in general. And I think you're right, right? So the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs, and maybe everyone thought the Bills were getting one of the best teams. We saw, The Bills kind of were put in a weird situation last week where they didn't know who they were going to play until two days before the game. And maybe the Bills are up there. But, man, the, yeah, the, the gap is that big. But, I mean, if you who do you think right now? I mean, Ryan Tannehill's playing like a top seven, eight quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it show, goes to show maybe Adam Gase just sucks. So maybe people should start buying some <laughs> Sam Donald stock now. But like and some Le'Veon you know, Bell stock. Le'Veon <laughs> Bell stock. But man, who is it? The Titans? Is it the Steelers? I, I I'm gonna say it's the Titans, man. And Derrick Henry is giving a run to to uh, Russell Wilson for the MVP. I don't think he's gonna win it. But I think if today Russell Wilson won Derrick Henry too for the MVP vote. Yeah, I, I mean there is. So I think the Browns are like the first tier two team. Same. And, in the AFC in the AFC they're the first tier two team um now the problem is in the AFC this year and I, I haven't said this in a long time I feel like in the AFC because I feel like you know you we get we've been criticized for years that Tom Brady's not that good because of the AFC and the AFC East is bad um but hey, if you look I, at the a pause real quick huh can we press pause for half a second I want to say yeah. something Throw my third question on there. We're talking about the my second question on there. We're talking about the AFC. Let's just combine it all here. It seems like we're getting there because you said that. So we'll talk about the Patriots because you talked about the AFC as well and continue on. Okay. Um, I'm not going to throw the question up there. But George's question is, are the Patriots just not that good? And we'll get into all that yeah, here. And then mine's basically going to be about the NFC. So cool. AFC um, – we have a tier two team like the Browns who are four and two. And is the gap that big? And the answer is yes. But the problem this year in the AFC is there's like five teams in tier one. You have the Buffalo Bills. You have the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. You have the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans. And if you want to add, I know they're sloppy, but they have the best roster in the entire AFC. They're just holding quarterback is the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and I, I put the Cleveland Browns as a number one tier two team. That's fair. They're one and the same. They're both yeah. missing. They're the two best rosters in the AFC is the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts. One has a young quarterback that makes a lot of mistakes. The other one has an old quarterback that makes a lot of mistakes. And they're both a court. If any of them had a, a Ryan Tannehill type of quarterback, they'd be undefeated just like I the Titans. Um for me, this is such a hard question because, yeah, you have the two undefeated teams in the Steelers and Titans. Do I think they're the best teams? Probably not. I'd still lean Ravens or Chiefs um, and maybe even the Bills. But this is where the Tier 1 just gets so tough. Like, there are so many talented teams in the AFC, and I really don't know, like you said, I don't know who's the best team. I don't know who's the MVP right now in the AFC. Um there is just so much talent. And one thing I will say is I think the Tennessee Titans are even a bigger threat than they were last year. Uh, they are 
the way that they are defensively, adding a guy like Jadavion Clowney, who forget numbers or whatever, he obviously makes an impact on defenses. Um, and Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill both look better than they did last year. And I didn't think that was possible with Henry. Henry does. Tannehill, I don't know. A lot of quarterbacks play good in their contract year to get money. It looks like Tannehill is finally comfortable once he's been paid. And now he's taken that next step. Yeah, and he made a couple of throws at the end of that game, which is the one they forced overtime, which was unbelievable. Yep. Let me take a second and talk about the Houston Texans just for half a second here before I answer that question. What kind of team I, goes up It's seven? on my tweet. It's on my tweets. Okay, we'll, we'll wait for it. So it's just, just stick to the topic because I promise you it's in my tweets. Okay, because <laughs> I have a lot. To, I have a fucking. I do too. <laughs> and so I guess my if, 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 gun to my head. If I was to choose a team to make the Super Bowl from from the AFC, I hate that question. I know. Right now, I'm picking Baltimore. The last team on the tier one list that I'm picking absolutely is Baltimore. <laughs> like the last option, I would yeah. take the Steelers over them in any playoff game in any location. I would take the Titans because we saw it last year. Their defense is too much for Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson is yet to win a playoff game. I would take the Chiefs over them, and I would definitely take the Bills over them as well. Personal okay, opinion. There. I mean, it's just fine. It was set a gun to my head. I was kind of trying to go to contrary, the contrarian pick because I kind of feel like sometimes it's a little e- it's easy to say, oh, the Titans are playing the best football right now. Let's pick the Titans. Or, But you know what? Here's one thing about the Titans with all their problems, COVID-19, their cancellations, their moving schedule around. It hasn't been an easy road to navigate. And I know they like the NFL's done everything they can to accommodate them and move the schedule around. I know people they broke protocol. Some people thought they should forfeit a game. And I'm so glad the NFL did not make them do that. But uh, I, I see, you know, I see why the, the Titans right now are playing like the best team in the AFC. Like, uh, I and I think they are. Yeah, I mean today, today they're playing. As so you best. ask, you ask, gun to your head. Yeah, I'm picking the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm picking the Titans is I think for this doesn't always happen, but there's a weird common trend of teams falling a little bit short for a year before mm-hmm. the Super Bowl and then finally taking that next step. Right. Mm-hmm. We've seen it a lot of times. We've seen a lot of, we've seen it in Russell Wilson's career where he fell short on a couple plays in the playoffs and then follows up by finally making that run. We've seen it with Kansas City Chiefs. It was a, what was it? A Jones jumped off sides, kind of stopped them from making the Super Bowl. They were almost there. It took the next season. Uh, there's just been a lot of times where I feel like teams have been this close and everyone knows they were this close. And then the following year, they got better. And then that was their year to make the Super Bowl. And that's kind of how I feel about Tennessee Titans. The only reason I genuinely, I know I was just, I was messing with you when it comes to like the Baltimore Ravens. I just, you know how I feel about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I've never, I don't think we've ever had, and this is an interesting statistic to look up. I don't think we've ever had a Super Bowl or a situation where a player won their first playoff game and then went all the way to the Super Bowl in the same season. I'm sure we have. I think Colin Kaepernick did it his first year when we went to the Super Bowl and lost. Well, was that the year that his first playoff like win? Yeah. Because the year before they went to the NFC Championship game with Alex Smith. 
That's fair. Okay, I'll rephrase it then. I don't know if we've had a quarterback that's been to the playoffs like with multiple losses and then literally got you know their first run is the same year that they got their first playoff win. If you know yeah, what I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean. But I'm I'm sure it's happened before in NFL history. And it just I think actually Dan Marino I think did it as a rookie. So, well, there you go. Never won again. <laughs> no, he never won again. But I think he did it as a rookie. All I'm saying is. There's statistics behind this, and you know what I mean. It 99% of the time, same theory in basketball. Everyone is all over Giannis's jock this year. And all I said was nobody goes from like just like not there yet to there in one year. It's pretty rare. Yeah, I know. It's pretty rare. Tom Tom Brady also did it. We're forgetting the obvious one. Yeah, but he's a different breed. Yeah, That's I'm like saying, saying LeBron did it, you know, like it'd be Le- Jordan, well, LeBron. Never, so I, I, I give you three examples. Okay, fair. My example, I still, you know what, George? History still leans on my side more than your side does, with the Ravens making Super Bowl. So at yeah. the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is yet to have a good playoff game or win a playoff game. So I'm going to lean with the fact that it's just not going to magically lead to a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I'll take the Titans. Does it? You are right. There's one team that I would say that I'm really interested in. We're gonna they're playing next week, the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was kind of like, ah, Big Ben's gonna suck this year, right? It's been a while. He's old. He's fat. He doesn't work out hard. Is it me or does is he just been the most consistent quarterback in the NFL? Just like no mm-hmm. mistakes. Just who do they play next week? Do they play the Ravens? Titans. Titans and oh, is that that's the reschedules for next week? Okay, week seven. Yep. So wow. after next week. The Can Seahawks. We that game? Can we make it a primetime game? Can they do something for us? You know what time it is, or no? I'm looking right now, actually. Oh. Just, well, I, I mean, when I somebody know. asks, "Can they flex it for us?" I would assume that means it wasn't uh, well, it's already a prime time. And then, of course, they're going to throw us oh, Buccaneers Raiders on Sunday Night Football. That's a good game, at least. I love the I love the complaint mid sentence without even knowing what was happening, and then oh you know what never mind oh they're gonna give us uh, and they gave us something good. Well, I thought I was gonna look at it. It's gonna be like I, I don't know Jaguars versus Colts Sunday night. No, you know they ain't doing that right now. Um, so all I'm saying is after next week, if the Seahawks win against the Cardinals. They'll still be the only and they're the only undefeated team left in the NFC, by the way, the Seahawks. And they only have two left in the AFC, and they're playing each other next week. So it's gonna be very interesting to see uh what happens between these teams. I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. next week. Um, and for Mike, well, let's let me just add the your question at the end here is you asked, are the Patriots just not that good? Yep. And while you intro that question. This is a podcast. I'm going to keep this as natural as possible. I'm going to go turn on the baseball game that's just starting right now and turn around this computer. So okay. intro that. Mute yourself because last time you did this, you did not mute yourself and there was noise everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> and so George was asking if the uh, if the Patriots are just not that good. And the answer is yes, they're just not that good. Um, and I don't think it's a Tom Brady versus Belichick type of deal, even though I tweeted that out today for fun. What I think the real issue is, you have Cam Newton, who is a good quarterback, fine. But remember what happened this offseason with the Patriots. We had tons and tons and tons of their top-notch players opt out because of coronavirus. So we went from a situation where we had a top-notch defense in, in New England. 
you had a team that's ready to go. And remember, Bill Belichick as a coach, he's an overly prepped coach, a guy that gets his team ready at all times, every day, at all moments. And he didn't have that extra time with this team. So will they maybe change as the year goes on? That's very possible that they get a new groove going. But as of right now, I think the real truth is the Patriots are just not that good. Bill Belichick didn't have the time that he wanted. He he doesn't have the time with Cam Newton that he wanted from the get-go. And on top of that, they had so many players opt out from coronavirus. So I think at the end of the day, because of all the opt-outs, this is where we are. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more with everything you said. I listened to everything you said. It's Look, when you lose that many really special players on one team who opt out due to COVID-19 and um, stepped out for the season, you are already playing you know, behind the eight ball. You're a little bit behind. This team's not that talented. And one thing that Bill Belichick coached teams, as you said, is preparation, right? They're big on preparation. With Cam Newton getting COVID-19 and having to take a week off and then them having to throw in, I think they threw in Brian Hoyer for a game, and then they practice with that, and then their complicated system had to take another week off of Cam Newton. It's just a lot of complications. Now, I think this team could get better towards the second half of the season if there's some continuity. But right now they're just not that good because of everything surrounding COVID-19 on that organization. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all it is, really. I mean, you even look at – I think you just mentioned that. Um, you look at the fact that on top of coronavirus having half – how many people quit? I mean, like Patrick Chung quit early in the year. They had offensive linemen not show up. Not quit, but you know what I mean. Huh? Yeah. I think six and guys. All, and it was a lot of their top-notch players that they need. And Bill Belichick doesn't have the time he wanted with the team before the year, especially for a new quarterback, new system. And on top of it all, they lost Cam Newton for a week. He was out of the facilities. That's another week lost with Bill Belichick that could be time to produce and get better. Absolutely. Uh, Let's get on to my question. I want to make this one quick, and we can add on with the NFC, and then it's in my tweets anyways. But my Mm -hmm. question is now, the Seahawks have the the worst defense in NFL history through six weeks. Um, I don't know if you saw that, right? (laughs) They've given up the most yards per game in the history of the NFL through six weeks. Um, it's sloppy, just, it's a heart attack every game, but somehow they're the last undefeated team. Are the Seahawks the best team in the NFC or are they just the best quarterback team? They're the best quarterback team and they have something that every single team you want has, right? They have the quarterback, they have the head coach and they have continuity. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson have been around together for a long time. If you go look through all the other contenders in the NFC, you have in the, what Rodgers and uh, Matt LaFleur only in their second year. You have Nick, uh, Nick Foles in his first year. You have T- Tampa Bay, another team that's, you know, getting to know each other. Um, I think that continuity might make the Seahawks the best team in the NFL. I know people will say maybe the Saints have some continuity, but, Drew Brees is not the same quarterback he once was. So you're talking about uh, Russell Wilson in his prime with continuity. I'm not going to go out and say they're the best team in the NFC, but they are the most primed and in position to really succeed team in the NFC. I'm just sending out a tweet here asking the people on our page, George, are Mm -hmm. the Seahawks the best team in the NFC? Um, 
And the reason it's such an intriguing question, because I think they are just a, how do you put it? No matter what with the Seahawks, despite it being sloppy, despite it being, you know, not traditional, like you said, they have the time together, right? They have the trust. Russ and Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. I mean, it's pretty, what's the best way to put it? It's pretty hard to bet against Russell Wilson compared to any other quarterback in the NFL right now. And it's, he's the most durable. I think he's the smartest quarterback right now in the NFC. And he has the longest standing time with his coach, his team, his, you know, his situation. So like you said, I think it, it really strongly has to do with the fact that the time, the preparation, this is no shot at other quarterback than NFL, but right. If you listen to Russell Wilson, talk about like what he did this off season and how he made sure he was prepped to have the season start at any moment. I'm sure there were other quarterbacks out there that weren't necessarily as locked in that the season was happening as much as Russell Wilson as well. He's a 365 day. He's like a LeBron. People are like, Oh, can LeBron win after this bubble? Yeah, of course he can. You know what? Or like, you know what I mean? Like before the bubble started, like, yeah, because if there was anyone prepping for the bubble, who was it? I think you're muted, George. You are. <laughs> it's guys like Russell Wilson, LeBron James. I mean, they're more prepared. Tom Brady was yep. more prepared. Uh, but Tom Brady didn't have the continuity like Russell Wilson does with the Seahawks. Yeah, it's all about who is prepared. And like you said, the continuity. And I think that's where Russell Wilson wins because they had both. <laughs> they really mm -hmm. had both. Um, all right, George. Uh, before we get into our tweets of the day, I do want to talk about our bets today. And quickly, I'll say, you guys can go to betus.com. That's B-E-T-U-S.com. And use the promo code THESPORTSONTAP, all one word, THESPORTSONTAP, for 125% bonus which means if you put in $100, George, how much do you get back? I think you get $125 plus $125. So $100 of it is free play money. You usually ask me a question after this. Yeah, I was, wait I was waiting for you to answer that. I was wondering, how if you put $706.12, how much did you get back? If you want that answer, and you have that much money to put in, you take that number times 1.25, and that's what they're going to give you. I disagree. You know what they should do? They should just go deposit it and find out how much it is. And find out. Let me tell you guys a trick, by the way. It's free play money. So for those people that think they're tricking the system, that they're just going to cash out, you got to use that extra 125% to actually bet. So <laughs> don't think you're getting tricky. Huh? In times roll over. Yeah. Or we're not, we're not, we're not pulling no scams here. So you, you're yeah. going to use it to bet. Um, so go get your bets. Go get your bets on at betus.com and use the promo code the sports on tap. I will just mention on the year for me, uh, I was 15 and nine, 15, nine and one going to this weekend. So far, I'm three and one with the I have the Rams minus three tonight. So if I win that, I'll be at 19, 10 and one, which is a pretty good, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, almost, yeah. you know, almost, uh, 10 games about 500. I haven't been as hot this year. I've been 8 and 17 to start the NFL season. Went 3 and 2 this week, though. There you go. Ch chipping up, chipping up off the record. And in college football, I followed up my 4 and 1 week last week with another 3 and 2 week this week. College football, I'm pretty hot right now. I think of what does that make me 7 and 3 in my last 10 bets? 
I will say, uh, I think this is the first year that I, first of all, I've never, um, never beat you in this. I know. Number one. Uh, and secondly, I've never been up through six weeks that much. I'm 18, 10 and one right now. What were you again? Uh, I was seven and what did I say? Seven and seven and something. That's yeah, it's tough. Uh, seven, but, no, sorry, it's eight and 17, I believe eight and 17. So now I'm 11 and 19 chipping away, chipping away. away I guess I, basically if we flip our records is what we have um and then for our bets of the day as for those that don't know september i won i was four and two george was three and three now we're in october george is up three he's three and one and i'm two and two and we every podcast we pick one bet george's last bet was byu houston over 62 and he won that my last bet was taking tampa bay in game six uh against houston they lost but luckily they won game seven which i'm hyped about tonight I'm taking Rams minus three at San Francisco as part of my five bets this weekend. It's going to be my bet of the day. And George? I think I'm taking, I wrote down, do you have what I wrote down? It's 55 and a half. 55 and a half under between. Over. You took over. over. I took the over. That's <laughs> right under. Okay, do you mean right under? Yes. You texted me over. But wait, wait, you wait, took wait, Arizona, wait. Dallas under then. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking about tonight's bet. I bet on I actually bet some money on the game tonight too, but it was at the under tonight. I'm talking about tomorrow. Arizona, Dallas over 55 and a half points. And then uh, this is a big one for me. Hopefully you lose and I win, and then uh, I can get the lead back. That's the goal here. Um, so go go to betus.com and use promo code the sports on tap, all one word for 125% bonus. George. So by the way, I did bank a couple of bets this evening, Sammy, since I'm in three and two. I'll let you know what they are. I got Atlanta plus one and a half, and I have the under on the uh, San Francisco and uh, Los Angeles Rams game. Oh, Atlanta baseball. You got to say that. I was like, Atlanta. Uh, are you taking the Rams plus three, you said? No, I'm taking the under on the game. Uh, I'm not. Go Rams. Let's get to our tweets of the day, George. Uh, before we wrap up, for those that are listening on our podcast, if you go to our website, thesportsontap.com, and you click the podcast section tonight, there will be an article that has a topic from today's podcast, and then underneath they'll say tweets of the day, and you'll see these tweets that we're talking about. Those that are watching live on Facebook or Periscope, and starting starting next step, next Sunday, George, I'm going to be going live on YouTube as well, like wow. we used to. I don't know why we don't do that. I'm going to start doing that every episode. Um, cool. So... For those that are watching there, you already know where we're at. We're here. So check right it out. Here. We're right here. All righty. Your first tweet, George. So the high tower drop, the Sanders drop, going for it instead of kicking a field goal towards the end of a first half, the missed field goal at the end of a first half, the abysmal offensive line. Questionable play calling are many reasons that Eagles lost the game. Carson Wentzville is going to take all the blame. Now, they've covered the spread, but watching that game, I know a lot of people don't like Carson Wentz or they don't like the word potential that goes along Carson Wentz, but the guy came to play. That team sucks. But Carson Wentz is hasn't been good this year. But he showed some things at the end of the game. He was he had to run. He had to throw off his back foot. He had to run away. He was taking sacks, and some of them are his fault. There's a lot of things you can say about Carson Wentz, but he showed some heart at the end of that game, and that's all I wanted to see from him. 
this team sucks. But one day Carson Wentz will have an offensive line and Carson Wentz might be good again. But like I said, I actually tweeted during the game, there should be a 30 for 30 on Carson Wentz. How does a guy go from MVP level to being horrible? If he showed something at the end of that game trying to bring them back, but they fell short. Even this two-point conversion play, they called it horrible. Yeah, um, I want to mention this was by at Beagles and Bass. He says in his name on Twitter is I drink because of Philly sports. Um, he, I drink because of Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, 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 you, you said one wrong thing. You're like Carson Wentz. He came out and played. He came out and played at the end of the game. Yeah, that's right. When he brought them back. Yeah, because you. you on top, that doesn't take away from everything that's being said here because what everything else that's being said is correct as well. Like the, the, the team is a, is abysmal, right? Everything about it is awful. But we have to remember the fact that Carson Wentz also played like crap for most of the game. And that's why they were behind by so much. I mean, the guy's throwing – Why they were down. He's throwing interceptions to, to straight to defenders. Like he, he's, he, he's making Baker Mayfield-esque plays, to be honest with you. He's yeah, playing yeah. a lot like Baker Mayfield. Um, he just has these moments, though, when he gets back to normal, but it's always too late. And that's where he's – that's the problem this year. Yeah, he's still salvageable, though. I, I, I still respect I, – I still like Carson Wentz. I can't get off him. I just see the talent, and it just sucks. I, there's so many bad things, but there's so many good things as well. That's very true. Uh, your next tweet, George, is by Terry McCormick. Yep. Derek Henry on why he doesn't talk about himself regarding his accomplishments. Quote, unquote, God has blessed me and my family, family tremendously. I'm thankful every day I get to wake up and live my dream. I love Derek Henry. I just wanted to show that quote. I think that's an awesome quote. Hey, I got nothing to say except for the fact that, like, I've noticed that in the past couple, you know, the last year or so is he has no uh, ego at all. No yeah. cockiness to him. He just like runs over people. And then like after the game, like smiles and he's like, great game. Yeah. I, I really like Derek Henry. <laughs> Me too. I, I respect the hell out of him. He's, he's been amazing. Here's a picture of three Spider-Mans, you know, the meme where Spider-Man like that all look like each other are pointing at each other and it says your cousins, Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. That's going on Instagram. That's why you see me screenshotting it. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool though. That is very accurate. They're all just chucking up picks, just like it's nobody's business. Next right. we have. Saw more Baker Mayfield commercials than Baker Mayfield's first downs today. You would like this one. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. And that and that's really like, you know, bro, here's something I want to say real quick about this. Though. When people are like, I saw someone on a, I forget what podcast I was listening to. He's like, oh, maybe Baker Mayfield should do less commercials. I'm like, if you get offered a fucking million dollars for a State Farm commercial, he's fucking taking the commercial. It's not his fault they're offering it to him. Yeah, I, that that's the thing. Like, people get upset about the commercials, like you said. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, whatever. Like, if I sucked at my profession, it wouldn't stop me from taking offers for million-dollar commercials. I agree. Yeah, like, like regardless if I suck at my pressure or not, I'm saying yes. Baker Mayfield is like, hey, we'll give you two million dollars. Like, nah, man, I gotta, uh, I can't take it. I need to give more first downs first. Like, yeah. what? Why would anyone say no? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last one by football analysis: Aaron Rodgers nearly doubled his career pick six total in one game. We talked wow. about that already. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it it, it was definitely. Um, 
pretty crazy to see today. And uh, my tweet kind of goes right with that, um, which is Colin Coward here saying the 2020 Packers, at least today, are starting to look like the 2019 Packers when faced with a tough physical opponent, pushed around, not up for the fight. I mean, no other way to put it. This is an ass kicking, um, which is very interesting because remember last year, this team wasn't supposed to be very that Packers team. Everyone said was kind of a, a weird 13 and three, right? Like not like a, I know they made the NFC championship, but it, it they were playing a not very good Seattle team in second round of the playoffs as well. They, they were a 13 and three team that people didn't really believe could win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I think, the one thing goes, there's a lot of, a lot of teams are going to have a game like this throughout the season. Correct. But I think it is a good point to mention that. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, this is kind of what we felt last year. Um, next up by at NFL update undefeated after week six, George is the Seahawks Steelers and Titans and the only winless teams, your favorite team, your favorite quarterback, the New York Jets. Yeah, they're not, he's not my favorite quarterback, but I, I, you know, seeing Ryan Tannehill flourish under at without Adam Gase is just giving me more hope for Sam Darnold. That I, I have a little more hope today for my Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz takes with Carson Wentz's fourth quarter and just seeing how bad Adam Gase is. I mean, Joe Flacco today looked. I don't even know if Joe Flacco knew knows the playbook. Yeah, I will say this though, Carson Wentz, hundred percent. You're right. With Sam Darnold, the biggest concern is, and I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you say no to this, you're lying. If they do become the worst team in the NFL, they're taking uh, Trevor Lawrence over Sam. Yeah, Darnold. yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but if you're like the Indianapolis Colts, right, or even the yeah, San, you, Francisco, you, San Francisco 49ers, wouldn't you make a trade for Andy Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton, <laughs> Sam Darnold, if um, my guy if, Andy Dalton, yeah. Would you make a trade for Sam Darnold and take a flyer on him? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not, right? That's my thing. Like, I'm not saying – I maybe I had too high of a ceiling on Sam Darnold, but I think it's salvageable in the right situation. Well, let's talk some more crap about the Jets, George, while we're at it. Connor Hughes says the Jets actually prepared for this game. Like, the offense and defense put together a game plan, and they thought it might work. They spent an entire week doing that, and this was the result. <laughs> you know what? This is a great tweet because it's amazing. Teams actually do that. They go through practice. They they, they have film sessions. Um, Adam Gate. They have to listen to Adam Gates for a week, and they go out and play and get that happens. You're right. This this is a great tweet. This is a great tweet because it's like they're also we're talking about like a coach that's playing his former organization. We're talking mm-hmm. about a team that like. As the Dolphins are much, I think, very like under sneaky good kind of right. They're like they're going to be good in a year or two. You can see the progression coming, right? But no matter who you are, you shouldn't get this embarrassed by the Dolphins. No, the Dolphins. It's not like we're. It's not like a, the Jets are going in and playing the Ravens. You're going in and playing a team that's still developing as well. So I think this is an amazing tweet. Like they actually prepared for this game, game plan, spent an entire week. And this was the final result. Absolutely. Um, and this is something to support you in your uh, Carson Wentz stuff. Carson Wentz almost beat the Ravens today without 80% of his offensive line, his top three wide receivers, his top two tight ends, and his best running back for most of the game, Sanders, obviously uh, was out as well. 
Yeah, it just sucks. Like, that's why I still have hope for him, but he still can't make a lot of the boneheaded plays he makes. Yeah. And you know, obviously, try too hard to do something, right? Like, it's like one of those things if you're playing on a really shitty basketball team, like, you take every shot. I'm liking all these tweets too, because obviously there are people that kind of feel the, also the the side of the yeah. narrative continues. It's a loss. No one gets a pass. I almost won the lotto. Missed it by two numbers. Moral victory. We're one four and one. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no. At the end of the day, like there's still. I guess the thing is, you have to look at it two ways, right? Like Carson Wentz has not been good this season, but is it all Carson Wentz's fault? No. Is part of it him to blame? Yes. Yeah, there's there's two sides to every story, right? And I think this this time it's very accurate. All right, George, your favorite topic of the day. So first, Brad Townsend. This is a two part tweet. Sorry, uh, Brown Brad Townsend said, "Can someone explain why the Texans would go for a two point conversion with a seven point lead?" And then you have some other people here tweeting, "I don't hate the call to go for it. The Texans' defense is terrible, and they get that two point for conversion. The game is over." This isn't a matter of analytics. This is a matter of gut feeling. He put the ball in his best player's hands after a lights out half, and he almost connected on that pass. On top of that, Tannehill is a lethal in the red zone, and Derrick Henry, and they've got a great shot at two. I will say, George, that you don't go for two because that's not how life works. <laughs> yeah, it's not how life works because a two-point conversion is, what, 50% of the time? Yeah. So you need them to – if you don't get it, you need them to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Like, you just – it's dumb. The reason, though, that they win for two, I'll answer his question. He's asking why is because I bet on the Texans. Mine plus three points is why they did it. And George has bad luck betting. Yeah. Three, I will say this. Finally. Yeah. I will say this, George. Last thing I want to say about it is we've seen these examples, okay? First of all, Two-point conversions aren't easy to convert. There's a reason not every team and every quarterback in any situation is good in the red zone. Do you, you notice it takes a lot of teams more than one play when they're inside the 10-yard line? Yeah, I know. Sometimes the statistics – We'll go do ahead. a first in, what, first in, fourth and goal sometimes teams go for it on the one-yard line and don't get it. Like it happens. Yep. A lot of the times. We've yeah. seen this a couple times. The Redskins, Riverboat Run. I said him, damn it. The Washington football team. All right. <laughs> All right. I just cashed my over. It was set at five and a half. That was number six on the season. I think that so was five, George. It, I cashed it. No, you didn't. I think that was five. Okay, I'm fine. Serious. Right. So one, yeah, one more. One more. I'll be fine. The Washington football team, Riverboat Run, they went for it, didn't get it, lost the game. That one I understood because they had no risk on the season they're well they kind of did actually they could be first in the division with the win couldn't they yeah they would have been probably first and the thing is with that team i had the giants minus three who were up the whole entire game and then i was like oh okay they can go to overtime now nah, they went for two they lose by one i lose that bet too another bet lost on and uh with the and then you go back last week george the vikings Okay, yeah, they can go for it on fourth down and close the game and not give Russell Wilson the ball. But what if Russell Wilson gets the ball? Would you rather have him have the ball up eight where he has to score and get a two-point conversion? So worst-case scenario last week for the Vikings, worst case was a tie game going to overtime. Instead, mm -hmm. you gave him an opportunity to win. Once again, in this situation, right, 
Worst case scenario is they have to get a two-point conversion on top of the touchdown. Best case is they still score, and you and they still have to get the two-point conversion. You would have been in the same spot that they were not converting <laughs> on the two-point conversion. So there's yeah. don't go for it. Like yeah, plain let, yeah. It's, pretty, it's it's very simple. Um, all I will say, George, 49ers up are up seven nothing. I don't know if you see that. Yeah. Yeah, I just that's what I was checking right now. And the uh are up one nothing. So we got a really fun night of sports left. If you uh you're listening live, you can follow every all the action of sports on our Twitter, the sports on tap. We tweet out everything. So thank you for listening. And if you're listening live on our or if you're listening to the pre-recorded version of this podcast, uh you can follow it too and just start doing that. <laughs> Basically, what George is saying is. Follow us everywhere, every platform, okay? YouTube.com slash the sports on tap. You can find us at the sports on tap.com. You can find us at the sports on top tap on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you please. So follow us there. Our podcast is at pod that on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, support, leave a review, tell your friends about the podcast. If you look up that being said podcast with the George brothers, or I think if you look up the sports on tap as well, they will all show up on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you go. Um, so please support. Show us some love. We put up clips after the podcast on YouTube. So check those out. And then when you go on our Twitter, at the Sports on Tap, you'll find all of our brands here. We got an NFL page. We got a uh, basketball page, our podcast pages, a whole bunch of things. So support is awesome, and we love it. Um, Georgia, do you have anything else? That's all, man. Uh, enjoy all the sports this evening because there's a lot. Enjoy the sports. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow us wherever we go. And make sure you go to betus.com and use the promo code the sports on tap for a bonus if you want to bet any of these games. Much love, y'all. Um, they call us the best brothers in sports. It's self-proclaimed, but I'm hoping that we end up being called that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with they call us. And you know what else they say, George? What's that? This is the Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Peace. Happy Sunday.